Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, no one ever thinks about the flu below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day, but when the riches leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo ho, yo yo ho, yo We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Bravo! Hi, mommy. I'm on gangplank. Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are discussing Below Deck Mediterranean Season 7, Episode 4, which Bravo called Skeletons in the Cabin. And Jen, in her brilliance, came up with Crash Course in Karma. And here's Jen for your rapid recap. Natasha is more worried about what the crew will think about her cheating than she is about how Dave is feeling, which doesn't bode well for the relationship. Reagan tries to organize the deck by having a meeting where she promptly admits Storm has more experience than her on super yachts and they should look to him. Weather forces the ship back to the dock and the guests are not happy. While docking, Reagan's distances are off and Sandy hits one of the dolphins. We see the return of gangplank guests and yachting industry legend Norma on Sandy's text for a new bosun. Natalia and Storm seem more like a couple than the actual couple on the boat. Billy's tip makes the Silver Spoon Kid's tip look like a pittance. And another cliffhanger, Sandy calls Reagan to the bridge. Dun, dun, dun. That's your rapid recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So this episode, a couple of the interesting things happen. One, I would just like to point out that I love the flirtation that's going on between Natalia and Storm. So cute. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super cute. It's not over the top. It's clear that they enjoy each other. And it doesn't, to this point, seem like it's going to create that much drama. I'm just enjoying the fact that they're having fun with it. Yeah, that hit me. That's why I included it in the rapid recap. It wasn't major moments, but there were moments sprinkled throughout the whole episode of cute little back and forths between them. And they really do seem like more of a healthy couple than Natasha and Dave. So I feel like anybody's a more healthy couple than (laughs) Natasha and Dave right now. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. There's an interesting thing about creatives and by that I mean and you can just tell me if you think I'm way off here or if it makes sense Mm -hmm. that people like Dave need a muse and whether that because I've dated an artist before and a lot 
of people who are creatives like that need either good or bad inspiration. I mean, garner almost the same professional benefit from heartbreak as they do from relationship success. And that's how I see what's going on here now. I think Dave is the kind of person that needs a muse. And I think that he's the kind of person that attaches himself very quickly because I know a lot of people in the creative space that fall very quickly when they're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's part of what helps them or what they see as a help to them succeeding at what they're doing. Right. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. I've seen situations like that. I've sought that for my creative activities outside of this, be it photography or drawing or different things that I do, painting. It doesn't have to be a person. For him, it might need to be a person. It can be, like you were saying, an emotion. It can be heartbreak. It can be budding new love, or it can be nature. It can be different things to different artists, but I completely agree with you. And I think he will find a way to funnel whatever happens into his work. True artists can do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be one consistent thing, but I think he'll come out fine in this, but watching the process of it is kind of painful because from the very beginning, he's talking to her I know she broke the cup of coffee and that started off the morning bad, whatever. You're on a freaking yacht in Malta for crying out loud and getting huge tips. So her not responding to him, I found annoying. And then her doing the gaslighting thing that you were talking about last week, where it's like, why are you being weird to him? And it's like, no, you're the one who's completely not talking to me. The whole thing is strange and it's not as much fun to watch as I thought. Yeah. I was enjoying the first two episodes where, like Kyle said, they were being cute and she was being dainty. Dave was being soft. I enjoyed that part of it, but not this so much. Yeah, I agree with you. Again, I'm putting this on her. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen some back and forth on Reddit and Twitter that people are like, well, Dave knew what he was getting into with involving himself with somebody who would cheat on her significant other to begin with. Like, what did he expect? And to a certain extent, I agree with that because, I mean, it's an age old adage, like once a cheater, always a cheater. And I don't necessarily agree with that wholeheartedly, but I see in this case that at the time, and he even said it in one of his interviews that they started, it was exciting. It was passionate. They were keeping it a secret from everybody, which makes it even more interesting and exciting. And now that there isn't this foil of this guy so far away then it's just them and the situation that they're in. So the thrill of the hunt. Well, I'm not even sure that for him, it's the thrill of the hunt necessarily, but I'm sure that that added to the level of interest that he had. Like, am I the better guy? Can I win the girl kind of thing? Right. Like a a competition almost. Yeah. And you pointed out, oh my gosh, your tweet during the lives had me dying. I choked on my own laugh, which is very difficult to do, by the way, (laughs) but you made me do it. I didn't have food in my mouth or anything. I choked on the laugh itself. When you pointed out 
that he's done all of these major things like climbing Everest and being in the Olympics and there's no pressure, but keeping a secret <laughs> on a boat is all of a sudden the worst pressure. And it was such a good analogy. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, he has been through a lot. He's been through way higher pressure situations. Than dealing with an F buddy that wants him to keep a secret. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good on you. That just made me laugh so hard. And it was so profound in the moment as I'm watching it. I'm like, she's totally right. What is wrong with him? Well, and I'm not necessarily sure that it's something that's inherently wrong with him. Again, I think he's the kind of person that likes to have a muse. Mm -hmm. And I think he's the kind of person that obviously, who doesn't like to have the attention of somebody who adores them. Right. But I think that he's framing it in such a way that, and I'm sure his expectations before walking into this situation prior to filming were vastly different than what he's dealing with now. Mm -hmm. And part of that is a byproduct of his own behavior, like at their first night off, right? you know, him getting a little too drunk and getting a little lippy and saying shit he shouldn't have if they had some kind of a agreement. But if the agreement was, let's wait a week and then we'll come out as a couple and then everybody will know he's already violated that. So I understand to a certain extent her annoyance with that. Yeah, I think he violated it in confessional, but we don't know when those are filmed. You know what I mean? Right. It's hard to tell with guys. With females, like with Reagan, we can see the hair changes. You've noted that you can tell the difference on yours between where you have like hooker makeup on and where you have your more natural look. So it's easier with females to tell the difference. With Dave's, I'm not sure when that confessional happened. So all he really said at this point that we know is contemporaneous is that he was interested in her, but nothing has happened. And that's where I'm hung up because I don't feel like he's exposed enough and she's worried about what might happen instead of just rolling with what he said. What he said was her out if she wanted an out. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm still getting over my last breakup. I'm not really looking to do that. That's all she had to say, but that's not what she said or did. And she's kind of gotten herself in it on her own. So I'm not on the Reddit side of things, I guess, because I think, like you said, it's more Natasha's doing than Dave. Not that Dave's not contributing, but he's reacting and she's making the initial action, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think she's instigating this. Yeah. And I think she's trying to save her own ass so she doesn't look like an idiot on national television. And she still has friends and family and people she has to answer to at home. Right. So if there's some thought in her mind as to how is this going to look when this show is over, forget the show, like what's my life going to look like when this show is over? I mean, I get the fear, but then again, don't go on a television show with your F button. You. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. All right. Enough about them because they're bumming me out. Okay, let's talk about Reagan leaving. Yay! <laughs> Yay, let's move on to the fun stuff. You are the queen. You called this in the episode one live tweet, I believe. Yes. And new to the episode, people, 
This is the extent of my co-host, partner, super friend. Her knowledge is so expansive. She called it to the episode, episode five, based on what we saw in this episode and the cliffhanger. I think that you are dead on. I think this is strike three and she's out. Yeah, I mean... Sandy is not going to, for as long as she can withstand, is not going to allow her professional reputation to be bent on the fact that she has a bosun that can't carry out the duties of the job. Mm -hmm. And if that means that a multi-million dollar asset is in harm because of a judgment call of someone who was recruited for a reality television show, regardless of what their actual resume says... Sandy's not the kind of person that's going to put up with that. Right. And so we've obviously seen it. So we know what is happening here. And I think that short of them not being able to get somebody out of quarantine in time, because we're still in COVID times in the show, I think that she'll be out next episode. I think Sandy would probably rather not have an extra set of hands on board at all versus having somebody like her that's going to possibly put the boat and everybody else in jeopardy. I agree. And this isn't a situation like Glenn had on sailing with having only Gary and Kelsey with Colin having to hop in when he could. This is, they have three well-rounded deckhands. Jason is still learning the super yacht aspect, but he seems like a hard worker. Z's a very hard worker. This isn't his first rodeo. And Storm really does seem like he knows what he's doing. So I agree with you. I think that she would rather have the three of them there and just say au revoir to Reagan or whatever the Turkish equivalent is. I don't speak Turkish. Yeah, me either. But I think you're right. I mean, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me that she would keep her even if they needed the hands because she's already done a couple of things. She's proven herself not to carry her own weight anyway. I mean, if she was not knowledgeable, but she was trying, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But the way that this girl is, she's not even contributing when she is physically there. Right. So I don't see the benefit out of keeping her at all. I need to ask you a question about the dolphin hit, though, because I'm questioning my own memory. Life has been crazy here. I thought in the trailer that we saw a giant scrape down the side of the boat. Did we not? We did. So that must happen again later. That's what I'm wondering, because this looked like it hit the very last fender. And I rewound it a couple times and they even did the spotlight thing. So you know where to look on the screen. And it was the very last fender that kind of rolled around with the dolphin and I didn't see any damage. So I don't think this is the big hit. No. I think this is a good out for Sandy to get rid of Reagan and say, look, I'm sorry. I told you that this was your chance to prove and this happened. I've never hit anything before. It was your distances. I mean, we'll see what particulars she chooses to use, but I think that that's her easiest out. And I'm sure the word safety will come up somewhere. Yeah, that's a guarantee. I think that there is something else that happens later in the season Mm -hmm. because there's no way that that was what we saw with the giant. Basically, it was a huge scratch down the side of the boat. Right, yeah. And it was clearly visible. So it's not like they painted it on there for the purposes of being dramatic, like something happens. (laughs) But this just happened to not be it. 
Right. Yeah. I still think there's more to come as far as that goes. I did enjoy seeing Norma's name on the text as she was hunting for a new bosun. And the response was that there are no bosuns available. Would a deckhand help? So that pretty much leaves it. I think that Storm's going to be bumped up. I know Bob B., who is a friend of ours on Twitter, he thinks it's also going to be Storm. Some people think it's going to be Z. I think he's too green. What are your thoughts? I think the best of all worlds would be Storm. Mm-hmm. Much to, I'm sure, Jason's behest, because I'm sure he thinks that he's qualified for that. But I think it will be Storm. And I think that that's actually the best possible thing. One, because it seems like he has the professional experience for it. But two, because it seems to me like Z is the kind of person that would fall in line with him. Right. I think he knows he could count on Z as his right hand. I do think there's going to be an alpha dog match between Jason and Storm. For whatever reason, I think it's easier for Jason to take orders from Reagan and bark over her than to deal with somebody more like himself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Then we'll really see what he's made of when he's got somebody who's actually a good leader. Right. We'll see if he's just constantly whining no matter what, because this isn't what he wants to do. I feel like he thinks he's being underutilized based on his experience. I don't feel it. He literally told us that on this episode, but I think he wants more responsibility, but I think he's putting the cart before the horse because super yachting isn't his background and you can't I would think that tender time as weird as that phrase sounds is something that you would want to designate to someone who's not having to learn other things on the boat it doesn't make sense in my opinion where I the manager where I the bosun it wouldn't make sense to me to have Jason out there doing something he already knows if he has a desire to be in the yachting industry. I would think you'd want him hands-on learning things that he doesn't know so he'd be more well-rounded. Or do you go in real life? Do you go with what people's strengths are? I mean, in real life, you go with what people's strengths are, but in real life, you're not necessarily hiring someone for six weeks that has nothing but sailing experience. Like he's not invested in working on super yachts after this. He's coming in for six weeks to do this show and then he leaves. And so he's not invested in learning all of the other things that Storm already knows and that Z is trying to learn. Okay. His level of care for the actual super yacht industry to me appears very low. And I think that's because he doesn't see this as a long-term career. I think he looks at this as a six-week gig. And I think therein lies the difference. And him possibly inflating his own knowledge about the situation, I think you nailed it when you said that talking over Reagan is easy because she's lackluster at best. Mm -hmm. But once he has somebody that really knows the stuff, or maybe he's just the kind of person that in that environment really needs a lot more guidance than what he's getting because he doesn't know. There's a lot of, especially male ego stuff that comes into play there. Right. Where he's got to overcompensate for something. I believe that all of his complaints up till now, as far as the leadership is very valid, 
but what happens when he has somebody that's competent and we'll see. Right. And he wasn't terribly confrontational with Dave when all that stuff was happening. You know, I'm observing the fact that he was trying to stay away from conflict, but I think that that was an interpersonal issue that he realized had nothing to do with him really. It had everything to do with where Dave's headspace was at. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out once it's in his professional realm. Right. But I don't think he's invested in in continuing on in professional yacht. And that's a good point that I hadn't taken into consideration that he's just looking at this as a temporary gig and he doesn't really want to do this. Yeah, he's here for the show. Right. Yeah. And I hadn't because of everything going on with him and Reagan, I hadn't really stopped to go that deep with him yet. There's been too much else going on that I haven't really delved into who he is as a person yet. I've been more just analyzing the behavior I'm witnessing than thinking much about how we usually at the beginning of a season put people into the boxes that we know they belong for Bravo's archetype structure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. Where did you wind up with the guests? How did you feel about them? So I got some juicy tidbits for you. It hit me And this up. was actually kind of a shocker for me. So here you go. I did, because of a comment I saw on Reddit, thank you below deck Reddit group. I did a little bit of a rabbit hole dive on social media and I found Emily, who is the blonde primary. Mm-hmm. And apparently she and Noah are expecting a baby boy sometime soon, what? which shocked, shocked the Lululemon pants off of me. That is crazy. And what's so funny is I tweeted about that last night. I've had this weird thing. I noticed it a little in last week's episode, which is why I brought it up in the live tweet, but more so in this one, trying to figure out what kind of relationship they have. Like, are they siblings? Are they dating? If they're dating, why am I so creeped out? Why does it feel so ooky to watch them? And I think it's just because he's got kind of that baby face image that looks like he'd still be carded to get into an NC-17 movie that it creeped me out a little but they're tied together for at least 18 years now (laughs) true it's just an odd coupling to me I don't know usually I'm good at spotting chemistry I didn't really see the chemistry there well you never know what goes on behind closed doors I guess true I think the kid needs to spend a little bit more time in a frat house yeah than being a dad but congratulations to them yeah he doesn't know how to shotgun a beer he needs to learn oh, that, that was so funny when it blew up in his face. I was cracking up. So was everybody else. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. But their tip, Billy really did set the standard and 19,000 wouldn't have been horrible. We would have just thought in the past that maybe there was a hiccup if somebody gave a 19,000 tip because 20 has been our bar for a good tip. And now 19,000 from the kids born with money kind of seems like a smack in the face. Yeah, but no, because it's still money. So there's that. Yeah. But I don't know the difference between getting $1,700 and getting $2,500. We still have a whole season ahead of us, Jen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just hope that it doesn't become like this. I don't want to be depressed every time they get a tip. 
we've always known what's a good tip and a bad tip. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now it's all thrown off in my head and I'm going to have to get into the swing of it again, I guess, and realize that Billy's was the aberration and not the new standard. But we shall see next week what the call to the bridge is. Our fingers are crossed that this is what we think it is. And it's goodbye to Reagan and hello to Storm. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out our super fan episode this Thursday. We have a return from one of our favorite people. Stephanie from Mocha Minutes podcast is coming and she has some thoughts and I had some rum and Adrian had a lot of fun laughing (laughs) at (laughs) me on rum laughing at Stephanie. So make sure to join us for that. Until then, take care. Bye. Hi. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.